Welcome to the Ask Zach Show. I'm your host, Zach Childs. I've spent the last 30 years working in the music industry here in Nashville, Tennessee, during which I've done everything from touring with major artists like Brad Paisley and Carrie Underwood to playing the nastiest dive bars or even the occasional wedding. This show is all about barreling down the rabbit hole on all things guitar and the music we love. We will cover the legendary players, gear insights, and even some interviews along the way. I hope you enjoy. To support the show, follow the links in the description to find out about my Patreon page. Or go to my store at AskZach.com to pick up a coffee mug or t-shirt. Now, let's dive in. Welcome to another Ask Zach. Today we're going to talk about going direct, uh, specifically a guy like me that's kind of a a bit of a vintage hound. I do use some new stuff too, but you know I use a lot of old stuff, and I like using amps and such, and and just uh, the process of me actually playing my very first gig going direct. So, and then of course I've got my uh, my rig right here that I used for the uh, show I just played in Vegas last week. So, yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about today. And, uh, yeah, so while you're thinking about it, go down in the corner and hit subscribe if you haven't done it already. Also, I really appreciate people supporting the show because that's what keeps the content going. So there's everything from tip jar information in the description, or you can go to askzack.com and you can find out about merch like this T-shirt or a mug or you can find out about Friends of Ask Zach, which is a way to support the channel on a monthly basis. And as a side benefit, they get to see the episodes early without commercials, and they get uh, they just got thank you notes with personalized Ask Zach guitar picks. And these are some uh, special D'Andrea picks that uh, D'Andrea made Fender picks in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. And this is a special medium-heavy celluloid pick. So it's right in between a medium pick and a heavy pick. And, and uh, this is my favorite. So I had some made up, and then I sent them out to the friends of Ask, Ask Zach. So let's dive in. All right. So uh, let's talk about how I got to, uh, you know, end up going direct. So a little history of going direct. I mean, it goes back to, you know... People would would record direct. Even like Les Paul recorded direct some in like in the forties and fifties, just for the ease of it, uh, because he was recording a lot in his hotel room with Mary Ford, and so uh, so they wouldn't make noise. He would, uh, you know, he had a way to plug in direct into the tape machine. All right. So then, probably some of the most famous direct recordings uh, would be in the sixties. 
all the Motown guitar parts because the, the Motown studio was so small and they had horns and voices and everything else going on, all the guitars were recorded direct. So all those great Motown hits of the 60s, before Motown moved to L.A., uh, all that stuff was, was direct. Then, of course, famously, you have all those direct guitar parts that were done in L.A. and Nashville. Uh, in L.A., you had that really, really clean direct guitar that usually had a lot of chorus and compression on it. And in Nashville, you had somewhat of a similar thing, but it was a little bigger sounding. They were kind of still trying to make it sound like an amp, except they just wanted to get rid of the, the noise and such. So, but then you kind of get into what I would call somewhat the modern age of going direct where you're actually trying to make it sound like an amp. And that kind of starts in the 90s with the pod, you know, the, the kidney being original pod. And those are pretty good sounding. And I used some of those for doing some basic recording. Uh, maybe I played on a demo or something with one. But uh, since then, that was kind of it. Uh, and I've kind of resisted going direct. I've always tried to use an amp as much as possible. Uh, then what happened was, is that, uh, you know, I, I played a couple shows with Paul Bogart a month or two ago. And then he asked me to play another show with him, but this is a fly date. And I was like, okay. And I immediately thought, okay, we're going to have backline and such. And so I started talking with uh, talking with the backline company. And we had this funny Abbott and Costello routine going on where I would ask the question, what do you have? And the backline company would say, well, what do you want? And then I'd say, well, how about a blonde tone master, you know, Fender? And they said, well, we don't have that. And then I'd say, well, what do you have? And then they'd say again, well, what do you want? Well, we did that about three or four times. And finally, I started talking to some of my pro friends. And uh, I, I started realizing that going direct is a lot more, uh, is happening a lot more than even maybe I wanted to accept. So I talked to my buddy Austin, who plays downtown Nashville a lot and also does a lot of fly dates. And he goes direct a lot. And he was even saying that there are at least 12 clubs downtown Nashville that they don't allow amps at all. And so you have to go direct. Now, you might be thinking 12 clubs is a lot. And it is a lot. But downtown Nashville has like 800,000 clubs. I'm exaggerating there, but there are a lot. But, but the fact that 12 of them don't allow amps at all, that's actually a big deal. Shows how things are shifting. Okay, so then I talked to, uh, you know, I interviewed Jimmy Olander, you know, from Diamond Rio, who, of course, is one of the great, you know, Telecaster stylist and someone I really respect, uh, both his playing and his tone and just a, a guy with a lot of integrity. And uh, he has switched over completely to using a Kemper uh, with Diamond Rio. And he was one of the guys that helped popularize matchless amps in, in Nashville in the 90s. And that's what he used a lot on the records. And, uh, you know, I, he let me play through his, uh, Kemper setup at his, at his home studio. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Also, I checked out like the, uh, the line six HX and such. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, I started kind of finding out, you know, what I liked and, uh, all of them sounded good, but also there was part of the user interface part of it, which we'll talk more about later. So also I talked to Carl Ridland, who does guitar work for Hans Zimmer and does a lot of soundtrack work. And he had said that he had used both the Kemper and the Strymon Iridium a bunch. 
and had really great results with that. So I finally decided with the backline situation being kind of funny and, uh, you know, I decided to make the jump. Now, here's the even funnier part. I bought this Strymon Iridium almost two years ago. So uh, the reason I got it was um, down at True Tone, um, you know, of course, we do guitar shows and things like that. And we always have a, uh, you know, a little demo station where guys can try out, you know, True Tone pedals. Well, in the past, you know, we'd use an amp, but then more and more, you know, guitar shows are pretty loud and obnoxious and you can't hear, you know, what you're, you know, what you're trying out. So they started using a pod and, you know, and headphones and such. And then they wanted to do something that was better. And so they tried out all these different examples. And the best thing they found was the Strymon Iridium. And in me getting to witness their, you know, kind of uh, experimentation with all these amp simulator things, I was very impressed with the Iridium enough that I went ahead and bought one two years ago. So, but then, of course, I never would make the jump to using it live. And so what it ended up being was a glorified headphone amp. So I'd plug in my pedals and then plug in the Iridium at the end and put headphones on so that I could mess with the settings of my pedals and stuff like that. And I'd use, of course, the deluxe reverb uh, preset. So then fast forward a couple months and uh, Fender gave me one of the uh, Mustang micro headphone amp things that has Bluetooth on it and everything. And it's much easier to use, much easier to set up and stuff. And of course, it's not trying to do this. It's just a head. And so as far as being a headphone amp, it was much better at that. And so this just got put in the box and was just, you know, kind of collecting dust. Well, then came this situation. And so I decided to bust out the Iridium and, uh, I found out, you know, it sounds good. And so today I'm using these uh, JBL powered speakers that I borrowed from the, the True Tone studio. And so I would use these monitors and use uh, my in-ear monitors plugged straight into the radio. It has a headphone jack at the bottom. And I would kind of go back and forth in checking sounds and kind of dialing things in. And so I kind of dialed things in. I had to change up my pedal board up a little bit to uh, to go with this mainly because um, I didn't have reverb anymore. So I really like having spring reverb and normally I use a Boss Tremolo pedal, but uh, but because of, of the, uh, the lack of verb, now it does have this nice room knob on there that does add a little bit of air to it, but still I wanted actual reverb. So I uh, borrowed a flint from my buddy Adam and uh, and he, he's another guy that goes direct. He uses the HX stomp. And uh, yeah, so I put the put the flint on there so that way I'd have reverb and, and tremolo. And so this is kind of normally what I use. So I've got a turbo tuner up there at top, got a Mirage compressor, got the Karma, which I either use that or, an, or a Mostortion. The Karma is a copy of a Mostortion. It's a great pedal. That's what I was... Um, using for the intro and that's one of the tests for me of going direct is that does it sound okay does it sound good you know with an with an overdrive
So had the Karma on there. Uh, then the uh, the DM3 for just a quick slap back. And let's turn that on. So that, that works well. Then of course the flint for reverb and tremolo, then the good old Line 6 Echo Park uh, on the tape setting. And I use it on the dotted eighth so that the repeats will tend to come in between the notes that I'm playing. And that's going stereo into the Iridium. And to do that, you have this special TRS cable that's you know dual mono to TRS because the, the Iridium takes a, a tip ring sleeve input to go stereo and then of course going out to these two powered speakers but otherwise of course live you know going to two direct boxes uh, on the iridium i did make a modification and that's because i really like the vintage 30 in a deluxe reverb so i bought from tone junkies i bought the um the vintage 30 ir package and so it was about eight bucks and that way i was able to upload onto the the iridium some uh, some vintage 30 with the with the mic in different places either closer to the edge or closer to the middle of the cone and uh yeah and so that's what i used well, of course on the deluxe reverb setting and so i had three different vintage 30s put into the cab option so that i could just switch between instead of completely different cabinets i just had you know three different vintage 30 uh options with the with the mic in different positions so yeah so uh you know, it was it was really nice to show up with this, and uh, the, you know because you know of course it's a fly date, and I took took my Esquire and I had no backup to this, and so of course I was you know taking this on the plane and just note to self and to others uh, make sure you're in the A or B group if you're flying Southwest. Uh, some of the airlines are really rough on guitars. But uh, the Southwest uh, people are, are are pretty pretty nice about that, and uh, yeah. So I just had this guitar in a gig bag, and then I had this in my luggage that I checked, and uh, yeah. But it was nice to show up with this, and not have to worry about a rental amp, wondering if it was healthy or having to dial it in, having to do mic placement and stuff like that. It was just let's just get plugged in because also because we're not you know pulling our own production, carrying our own production with us. You know we've got to get monitor mixes and everything, so you know that just that takes time and it's it's problematic when you're you know having to dial in an amp and dial in you know monitor mixes and stuff like that and you know play a, a, a corporate show. So it ended up uh, going really well, and uh, I found that it was like, what? Why didn't I do this earlier? This is actually pretty cool and. Now, would I rather play through an amp? Absolutely. If it's my amp or an amp that I know that I'm comfortable with, then I would much rather use my own amp. You know, and amps you can get great sounds out of, but you have to work more, you know, moving the microphone around and things like that. This gets a really good sound and it's kind of foolproof. And that's that's the advantage of this. You know, you just show up, you know, just show up with this pedal board, plop it down, plug it into two, you know, direct boxes and you're, and you're there and it sounds really good. Does it sound amazing? Maybe, but I bet no one in the audience could tell the difference.
And I even have some footage that uh, I might, uh, you know, tag onto this video where you can hear a little bit of me uh, playing with the with the direct rig. So yeah, so I really really in, enjoyed the show. I, I want to say that I had a, a number of you guys that offered their amps that lived in the in the Vegas area, and uh, I appreciate that. And uh, the the other thing was a number of you guys wanted to come to the show, and I didn't realize it was a private private thing and so yeah it was it was a uh, it was kind of a kickoff party for the big wigs at the rodeo you know association so it was in in las vegas and so it was a it was a private show and uh, we got to sit with the rodeo queens so they sat the band with the uh, miss miss rodeo america and miss rodeo canada and so you know we felt like we were royalty sitting there with the with the beauty queens uh so that was uh that was fun and entertaining. So all right. Well, yeah, I think uh to get to the user interface part of things, um checking out the Kemper and also the Line 6 HX and some of the other units out there, I found with a lot of those that they were just they were overly complex for my needs. And I was going to be much more comfortable. Instead of trying to replace my whole rig with a Kemper, I was much more comfortable with using my standard pedal board setup and then having something that could, you know, that had knobs on it and was just easy to use so that on the fly I could make changes instead of having to go through presets and algorithms and and different things like that and program something. And, and that's, I really can't do that on the gig. I mean, that's, you know, it's like, a, <laughs> you know, that's just, you're trying to remember words, you're trying to remember licks and arrangements and all sorts of things. So I, uh, I didn't need that additional issue. So because of that, I, I really like the Iridium. I mean, there's a bunch of different options and, you know, some people go Kemper, some go the line, you know, the HX and, but I, uh, I found the Iridium the uh, the easiest to use, especially for an old school guy like myself. I will say one other thing is that uh, you know when you are going this route, the direct box that you use makes a big difference. So uh, you know if you can get something like a a radial JDI with the Jensen transformers, that's going to sound really nice and it's going to be smooth sounding. If you get something like a Countryman DI or something like that, it's going to be a little harder and harsher sounding. And it's going to be hard to smooth things out. So just be aware of that. And then as far as uh, feedback to Strymon, I wish they would make a deluxe version that had um, XLR out. So you wouldn't have to have a a DI or anything that was just, you know, or balanced outputs or something. But uh, yeah. All right. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode and, and, you know, the look at, you know, a guy that was really slow to, uh, to get on the, on the direct wagon, but now I would absolutely go direct again. It's just, you know, it's, it's easy and, uh, and it just makes it, you know, more stress-free, you know, if you, if you can't take your own amps. Now we are going to play a couple more shows, um, with, I'm going to play a couple more shows with Paul Bogart. And they're going to be in uh, in Tulsa and Wichita. And they're going to be right at the end of the year around New Year's Eve. So, uh, you know, reach out to me if you live near there and you'd like to come out. Because I, I love meeting, you know, fellow players and, uh, and chatting. And I'll have my Esquire and I'll probably, you know, have some of my old amps with me and stuff for, for that. Because those aren't fly dates. So, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much. And I'll see you next time.
Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Ask Zach podcast. If you want to dive deeper, check out my website, askzach.com, to find more articles and further info on each episode. And remember, it is the support from you, the listener, that keeps the show going. Thank you, friends.